Dosri Nune Gor Holodeck Cash. Welcome to the Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your first officer, Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your communications officer, and I've seen some of it. I'm Z, chief security officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all of Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. Previously on The Holodeck is Broken. Star Trek's The Next Generation was bad, and then it got good, and Dr. Crutcher's the best. William T. Riker kind of formulated my idea of hotness, yet <laughs> uh, Picard is uh, everyone's... Space dad. Space dad. He's space daddy. Yeah. 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 So, last time we uh, talked about The Next Generation a little bit. We did a wide-ranging discussion of the movies and the series and how we feel about it in the the macro sort of way. Now, we are going to go into favorite episodes. It was a little tricky. We may have had a list of close to 15 episodes that we liked. It was very difficult for us to be like, oh, I have a top five. I'm like, no, I don't have a top five. I have at least a top ten. We had some overlap. <laughs> Lots of overlap. Uh, so we are going to break it down. I have five. Laura has five. And we have five that we are claiming together. A joint five. Joint five. Yes. And I'll let you go first. And I, okay. we'll chime in on each other because we probably like some of our uh, our choices. Yes. Even if they're not necessarily on our personal list. Yes. Keep in mind, we have a joint top five. So if you don't hear your favorite episode talked about right now, there's probably yes. a reason. We hit 15 episodes that we <laughs> like. And spoiler alert, one of them is actually from season two. <gasps> oh my goodness. Which we didn't think was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, didn't we do a cliffhanger at the end of the last one? We did. Riker said fire, and yeah. then you said, oh my gosh, it's Mark Twain, and yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, Mr. Pickard! And we'll get there, and everything's fine. Everything's fine. We'll oh, get- yeah. The Enterprise blew up, but we came back. We're, we're, we're fine. It, it, we'll never speak of it again. Yeah. So this would be my top five. These are my five episodes outside of our joint top five, and these are in no particular order. I'll start with season four, episode five, entitled Remember Me. This one was a hard one for me to not put on mine. Yes, yes. Mostly because it is a Dr. Crusher-centric episode, which probably elevates it a lot for both of us. To the point where the whole universe is just Dr. Crusher. Right. Oh, no, exactly. So Wesley is doing a science experiment where he creates a warp field bubble, static bubble shell, something. Riker will explain it to us in a simpler way later. So it's like if I blew a bubble (laughs) in soap. Yes! And she got sucked into this thing. And now, from her perspective, people are disappearing. And the universe is actually contracting in on itself to the point where she becomes, like, literally the only person in this really teeny tiny universe that doesn't even fit inside this ship, the Enterprise. Meanwhile, so she's trying to figure it out. And the people, before they start disappearing, she she tells... This is one of those great things about uh, Picard. He was like, okay, well, you had this friend on the Enterprise that nobody else has heard of, but let's figure out what happened to him. And it, like, instantly believes her to the point where it's like, at one point, it's just the two of them on the Enterprise. And you'd think they would do something else with that kind of privacy, but they didn't. Um, Picard's a fool. (laughs) He is. goddamn fool. (laughs) Eventually... They save the, Wesley saves the day. She gets back to where she's supposed to be and it's great, but you do kind of love watching her 
it's, it's a little bit of a, a mystery, not yeah. quite a horror movie, but it, it's got its its own genre to it. And yeah, I just, I, I like this episode quite a bit. It, it provides the really great thing. I think it created a, a pretty good gif slash meme of Crusher alone on the bridge going, maybe I'm not crazy and the universe is broken. And I'm paraphrasing <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's been a real... Uh, covid sort of mood ah yes yeah and there's there's the great where she's like she's asking the computer all these questions trying to solve the mystery and she's like all right here's a question that you shouldn't be able to answer computer what is the nature of the universe and the like the computer had a like a the the universe is this long by this wide and then she was like aha (laughs) and then and then she yeah no she said am i qualified to be the only crew member on the ship and the computer says no. Right. And, and she says, then why am I the only one? And the computer's like, duh. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you like Dr. Crusher and you want to see her running the Enterprise, this is this is a great episode yeah. for you. Another episode for me is season six, episode seven, entitled Rascals. Um, this is the episode which I know Mac is going to say is far better than it has any right to be. She beat me to the punch. Yeah. I did. This is the one where Picard, Guinan, Ensign Rowe, and Keiko. Keiko get turned into children. <laughs> And they're like 12 years old or something. I forget even how this happens. They're on a shuttle and then they something happens and now they're 12. One of them crazy shuttle mix It's a crazy episode. And so then you see like 12-year-old Keiko trying to figure out what does her marriage look like to Miles. And O'Brien, <laughs> horrified. Right, as he should be. Correctly. Right. No, no, no. There's nothing inappropriate here. And it's just them like... What do we do? <laughs> and then you have Ensign Rowe, who Guinan is really trying to get her to like bring out her childhood side, and they're jumping on the bed together at one point. And then you have a kid who's doing probably the best impression of Patrick Stewart and Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> and it's it's the same actor who played Renee. Yeah, his in, nephew. In four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. And that's, <laughs> He's good. He's got the yeah. mannerisms down. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Picard has the shirt straightened. The, the, the Picard yeah, he, as, he pulls as pulls John the shirt Rick's down closet. to straighten it out, and the yeah. kids got that down. He's got that down, and uh, he he says thank you at one point, and it is scary how he says it with the same inflection that that <laughs> Stuart as Picard. Would yeah, say, thank you. Yes. So it's just great to add, you know, funsies. There's Ferengi on board who somehow kept all the children on board while moving all the adults. And so the only way that Picard can think of to save the ship is to pretend to be a kid and pretend that he's Riker's son to get to see his daddy. And it leads to one of my favorite exchanges where, like, little 12-year-old Picard runs in the room and is like... Dad! (laughs) Gives him a big old hug and he's like, and at one point he was like, thank you, number one. And then the Frankie's looking at him like weird and he's like, he's my number one dad. (laughs) It's just, it's amazing. It's a good, it's a good comedy thing. And, you know, by all rights, it should be a terrible episode. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a goofy concept, but the secret weapon, like you mentioned, is the casting. Those kids are great. Those kids are great. The one playing Guinan is amazing. So much so that I think she ended up 
playing a younger Whoopi Goldberg in something else. Oh, really? Like, Whoopi was so impressed with her that she was like, <laughs> oh, you need a younger me for some section. Was it... Was it Sister Act 2? I want to say it was. I think there's a scene of her as a kid in that movie. And or or Sister same, Act 1. Oh, That's yeah. the same actress, because Whoopi was like, okay, you're younger me forever now. Nice. But the kid who plays Picard, just yeah. <laughs> staggeringly good. <laughs> so at, good. At, at the really broad comedy of it, and... Just the little mannerisms. The, the, thank you. All right. The third one on my list is season seven, episode 11, entitled Parallels. This is, Worf is, it's another shuttle funsies episode. Yep. Um, <laughs> Something happened in the shuttle. <laughs> Worf is coming back from a Batleth tournament where he won and he's super excited and he's leaving a, a log and then something happens and like he gets back on the Enterprise and little things start to change and he thought, oh, this must just be me confused. But then bigger things start to change. So it turns out that he is hopping between different alternate realities, essentially. Um, he's taking the place of whatever Worf lives in that timeline. And he's just hopping around and they're trying to figure it out. But at the end of it, they are getting just a bajillion enterprises are popping up yeah. because That's you know really cool they scene. gotta yeah. figure out how to get Worf back to the right one mm-hmm. in order to save the entire f- fabric of the universe and they get one from our timeline apparently the darkest timeline <laughs> right which is like, one where we're Riker's, not going back yeah they, he, he tried to like attack the, the shuttle that Worf is on like you can't send us back there the Borg are everywhere and then they fire like one little shot at them and the whole ship explodes yeah. but there's also some great emotional moments because the final Enterprise that Worf ends up on uh, before he goes home is Picard died in the encounter with the Borg. Or he's permanently locutus and they never got him back or something. And so Riker's been captain and he sees Picard, our Picard, and he's like, it's good to see you again, sir. And our Picard is like, I recognize that this is emotional for you, but this is weird. <laughs> You're weirding me out. Which is an interesting, it, it's an interesting peek into what the show could have been because uh. at the end of season three, they weren't sure if Patrick Stewart was going to come back. That's why they wrote that storyline uh. and very well could have become the Riker show. Nice. But nice. Glad, thankfully it didn't. I mean, not to knock Riker, right. but uh, the, the thing I would add on Parallels. Yes. Is that, that show, that episode aired about 26 years ago. <laughs> I watched it the week it aired. Mm-hmm. And there's not been a month... <laughs> A sustained 30 days where I have not thought for a nice, good, long minute about the cake they serve <laughs> at Worf's surprise party. It's this chocolate concoction <laughs> that it has, like, bars of dark chocolate sticking out of it. I don't know if it was a Klingon-specific dish or mm. what, but if it, it just I, I've dreamt of that cake. I doubt that the Klingons are known for their chocolate confectionaries. They so. have Ractagino. They make good coffee. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think they and I think they called it something else, some other kind of cake. But yeah. I agree, it it looks wonderful, and we all want to eat that Ooh, cake. I want to, I want to, I want to be friends. In with fact, that at cake. one point, the cake turns from a chocolate cake to a yellow cake, and Worf is like disappointed. He's like, "I thought this was chocolate." Same girl, same. Yeah. 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 Okay, the next one is going to be one that I know, I think Max going to disagree with me a lot on this one. It is season six, episode 21, entitled Frame of Mind. And this is one where uh, Crusher has convinced Riker to be the lead in a play. And the play is about a person in a psychiatric institution of some sort who is undergoing treatments and, you know, kind of what happens. But then it turns out Riker is in an, an 
a psychiatric institution of sorts when yeah. he had an away mission to another planet. So I like this episode because the lines between what is real and what is fake are very blurred. And on that You do front, not know good. at yeah. what point the play seeped into his psyche. There's so much you don't know. Yes, at the end of the episode, he wants to tear down the set to this play. You don't actually know if they performed it or if he only performed it in his mind. I thought they did. They say they did, but did he? Yeah. Like, there's there's so much about it that's a little mind-bendy. Yeah. Um, and that's what I appreciate. And also to the point when you're pretty sure Riker is actually in this institution and he's actually, like, the doctors there are actually trying to brainwash him and erase his memory and all of that, and it's working. There's a point where they come to rescue him. And this, it turns out not to be real, but they come come to rescue him and he calls the guards to save him from Data and Worf who are trying to save him. It's just, yeah, I, I like it because it's so mind-bendy and you don't really know what's happening at any point in the entire episode. There's nothing wrong with it. It just never seems to get on my list of top episodes. Yeah, where yeah. for me, it's, it's, it's just always kind of stuck in my mind. Yeah, and I mean, it gives Crusher plenty to do right which yeah. i'm always in favor Crusher's of. awesome and the last of my five is going to be season six episodes 10 and 11 it's chain of command part one and two great one for those who are very well versed this is the there are four lights episode long story short picard is kidnapped by cardassians it's not kidnapped He's, he's reassigned and he's captured while he's captured doing a black um, ops. I happen to like the second episode in this two-parter better than the first one. That's but where the real torture. With right, David right. Warner. So David Warner shows up as the yeah. Cardassian again. It's the mind bendy aspects I think that I like about it because he is doing his best to brainwash Picard. The thing that strangely for me elevates this episode is at the very, very end when he comes back on. You're like, okay, he's gonna take him some time to get back to normal but hey he's he's Picard he's strong and I forget who he's talking to he's either talking to Troy or he's talking to Crusher and I can't remember which one in his ready room I think David Warner's character keeps trying to convince him there are five lights when Picard's like no there are four lights and that's what kept him strong but he said the thing is though I honestly believe that there were five lights and he said four anyways to be strong and that's the part that I'm like oh my god they broke him. They, it, was, it was luck they, alone yes, that, that got him out of that one. They actually succeeded in what they were doing. It wasn't that, oh, it's our strong hero. He'll never break. Oh, my God, they got to him. And that was just awesome. So those are the five that I chose. And with that, that's a good stopping place to go ahead and go into our commercial break for this part two of our TNG discussion. And that commercial break starts right now. And we're back. <laughs> Previously on commercial breaks. breaks. <laughs> the virus is still here. It is. This, Why? This oh, because we're still... <laughs> right. This episode will actually air uh, several weeks after we record it. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking the virus is still there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice and say we're not out of this yet. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that even if this is going to air in four weeks or whatever, three weeks from recording, that you should still wear a mask. Yeah. You should still stay six feet away from other humans. Still don't gather in large groups. And, and stay home as much as possible. I know there some got jobs, you got to be out. Cool. Please take precautions for yourself and for others. 
And that mask should cover your nose and mouth. Nose and mouth. Reverse Batman. Reverse Batman. Reverse Batman. <laughs> I don't know why I'm repeating everything you say now. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Yep. Go register to vote. Yes. Is there anything pressing else in the universe that needs to be addressed? Oh, it feels like everything's pressing at this point. Yeah. It's so hard not to get bogged down. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> for other if you po- need an escape <laughs> for other podcasts, we have as the myth turns with our friends Z and Eris. They air on weeks that we are off. There's also the fourth wall on mm-hmm. PartyApocalypse.com, along with my books, reviews, and blogs. A new book is coming quickly. Be looking out for that. We'll probably ha- you'll probably hear about that first on this space more than anything. Oh, also, I guessed it on a Star Trek podcast several yes. weeks ago. I forgot to mention this. It last was really time. good. I listened. Yes. Uh, it was called The Sanctuary. It's part of the We Made Treks po- uh, podcast network. They have a lot of really specialized podcasts available. They have one specifically devoted to uh, Lower Decks already. Uh, nice. Really all the series. The one I was on, The Sanctuary, was uh, about uh, a politics and Star Trek podcast. So I was able to straddle the line between my Star Trek nerddom and my unrequited uh, career as an MSNBC talking head. So check that out. Putting your bachelor's degree to, to use. <laughs> yeah, finally. Finally. Oi. Other than that, please go to partyapocalypse.com for all those. Uh, with that out of the way, I think we will go back to our episode. And that starts right now. Would you like to give your five? I will give my five. And these, again, just like with Laura's, are in no particular order. Uh, first off, we have Tapestry, Season 6, Episode 15. You didn't have this on your list. You weren't feeling this one as much. Not not as much. In fact, I've asked you this three times, and you're gonna have to tell me again what this one is about. It, it's the one where Q kind of does. It's the, yeah, the it's, it's it's a I wonderful life thing. I don't know why I can't connect that title to what happens in that episode. Yeah. yeah, Picard's injured. His heart, his artificial heart, is failing. Q gives him the opportunity to live that incident where he needs the artificial heart over again. And as a as a younger man, as a younger yeah. man, he does it differently, and it ends up irrevocably changing his life. He's sort of a lowly lieutenant on the Enterprise, mm-hmm. shuffling reports to all the other characters. Not the leadership role model that we've yeah. come to know and love. He's he has kind of a thwarted life, mm-hmm. and it's it's a real interesting peek into the 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 wonder that is Picard. That there is a hellion in there somewhere that he keeps <laughs> under tight control. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it, maybe that's the bridge between like Kirk and yeah. Picard. It's yeah. it's also sort of a, a, a reassuring story that you, the mistakes of your youth are just part of who you are. Mm, yeah. And yeah, no, it, it you resonates can grow with me. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. You can, you can be Kirk and then become Picard. Yes. Yes. Which is something most white guys need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Uh, It's okay to let go of the Kirk, guys. Yes. The next one is The Measure of a Man, Season 2. You heard that right. Season 2. Collars are still down. Episode 9. Season 2. Yeah, Season 2. Collars are down. Crusher's nowhere to be found. And I gotta put up with Pulaski. Right. But... It ties into the plot that now, this yes. time when she's insulting Data, it's right. because of a certain, it serves a greater plot purpose. Yes. And it's also a, a well, I would say, above almost every other episode, the, the direct precursor to season one of Picard, where the question of Data's sentience is brought before a judge advocate general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it plays out as just a courtroom drama in space, which is fine. But the interesting thing about the drama in it is that Riker is ordered to be the prosecutor and he must 
do a thorough job. Mm-hmm. He can't dis- go soft on his right. friend. Yeah. He must do a thorough job disproving data sentience or the judge is going to automatically rule in favor of the prosecution without any uh, counsel on either end. So he has to be a dick about this. Yes. And it kind of eats him up, if it I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. It, that struggle is definitely, I think it's Riker's strongest episode. Because he wants, it's that struggle between I want to do really good at my job and I don't want to hurt my friend and I yeah. I don't believe in what I'm defending, but I'm going to do it well. Next up is Attached, Season 7, Episode 8. That was almost on your list. It was on our collective yeah, list. Yeah. Picard and Crusher are artificially telepathically linked mm-hmm. when they're kidnapped and uh, thrown into a planet civil war situation. And they they get into it. They unfurl they get all the unspoken things. Yeah, everything the others thinking for a time. And it's clear that Jean Luc's been in, in, not not just infatuated with her. Or, He's been in love with her. He's been in love with her since before Jack died. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. since yeah, as long as they've known each other practically. And it's so infuriatingly frustrating <laughs> at the end of it, where they they get to it and they say, "Well, maybe not." <laughs> It, it, just, just, just do it already. I don't need to see Picard with some new hoe. <laughs> but yes, it's. I, I think it's good that it's the episode that finally gets it all out in the open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's interesting it, in the early days of the internet that were around for the Next Generation. The the fan theories were that Picard was actually Wesley's father, and that was the unspoken mm. darkness between all of them. But that would have been the episode to plant that flag right and they didn't so it's fine (laughs) Uh, which i think would have made both jean-luc and dr crusher irredeemable really (laughs) well because they they would have completely betrayed jack yeah that's true yeah 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 this is the the episode where my wife tells me oh infidelity's not that bad (laughs) (laughs) noted all right moving on Noted. My fourth one is Best of Both Worlds, Part 1 and 2. That is, by and large, considered one of the best episodes in the fan-favorite-polled marathon that aired the month of the finale. It was voted number one. I would venture to say that All Good Things may have overtaken it in the years since, because All Good Things was brand new at that point. One of the greatest cliffhangers of all time. They set up this weapon to destroy the Borg. They see that the Borg have assimilated Captain Picard, and Riker says fire, and that's the last word. And the writers didn't know how this was going to resolve itself. The cast didn't know. The fans certainly didn't know, because it was entirely possible that Patrick Stewart was like, no, I think I'll go do theater for a while. Yeah, and And then we could have killed him. and Killed him, or just left him out there as a Borg. Yeah. Yeah, it could have gone any number of ways. It's a really good action story. It has far-reaching consequences for the rest of the Trek universe. Sisko's backstory is steeped in the events Mm. of that episode. Moving on from there, it's another season-ending cliffhanger. It's a little different. Yeah. Uh, Time's Arrow, part one and two, which is uh, season five, episode 26, and season six, episode one. It's the episode that causes us to, I'd say at least, you know, a couple times a year, just sort of randomly go, Mr. Pickhead! <laughs> I'd be having a word with you. <laughs> Mark Twain is in it, which I, I don't know where they got to the point where that was a pitch. 
Yeah. Jack London. Yes. You don't know he's Jack London for the longest time. Yeah. Guinan is hanging out in... 19th century San Francisco. 19th century San Francisco, hanging out with Mark Twain. Shame on you, Mr. Guinan. Shame. Yeah. Oh, Madam Guinan. It's it's got a weird premise, but there's so much to love. Yeah, yeah it's it's a very it's a, it's almost it's almost a sweaty pre- premise. Like it's taking a little too much, but there's so much fun being had around it that yes. that, that it works. And there's, the, the one thing that always makes me laugh is they're practicing uh, um, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Midsummer Night's Dream as their cover when the crew yeah. finally gets there. They're to pretending catch up to be an data, acting troupe. Pretending to be an acting troupe, and you cut to. Jordy looking at the Because he had to take his visor off because right. it's like technology and he's wearing like sunglasses. And, and, and Troy just <laughs> reverses the book. He's holding it upside down because yeah. he can't see it. It's pretty good. <laughs> just casually turns it right side up. It's great. And that actually ends my five contributions. Yes. These are not a comprehensive list. We're going to get into our unified list. And I would say these are probably the actual top five. This this joint list, I yes, would, yes, because these are the ones that we these we, we had in common when we yeah. built our lists. Yeah, we'll start with season three, episode fifteen, yesterday's enterprise. The, I mean, we talk about the show getting better in season three. Mm-hmm. I think this was the unassailable turning point where the show was like, oh shit, the show's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, time travel mix on. Uh, the Enterprise C comes back through a uh, uh, rift, changes everything. Mm-hmm. Yar is still alive. The Federation's at war with the Klingons. Yep. And they got to send the Enterprise back. Right. The Enterprise C back. And Guidance the only one who realizes that, like, this shouldn't be happening. This is supposed to be a ship of peace and exploration, not a warship. Right. There should be families here. Why? I don't know. But, you know. <laughs> and then she's like, Tasha Yar shouldn't be here. Like, right. I shouldn't know Tasha Yar. Yeah. We, we didn't, we weren't on the ship at the same time. Yeah. It shows to me and again like Guinan and Picard have this great relationship and I love watching it anytime it's there she goes to him and she tells him none of this is right yeah. and Picard at first with he's like scum, no we, some, we gotta some we, skepticism some, yeah. some, some skepticism but ultimately he's like Maybe she's, she's right. She's never steered I, me wrong before. Right, yeah. right. And so I think that speaks volumes to the way that those two characters relate to one another. He was willing to take this leap of faith even though he had no memory. He, it, you know, and I forget which character. It might have been Tasha Yar. It's like, if we could just, if there's a better world out there, shouldn't we go chasing after it? Like, shouldn't we try to fix it and get back that other version? The, the interesting thing, Thing about the episode is that the, the relationships between the characters are so subtly changed. Like, you you watch that episode after you've watched it a couple times, you notice that Riker and Picard don't get along. Yeah. Like, Riker is, like, kind of had it <laughs> with Picard, <laughs> mm. and almost every word they exchange is an argument. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is so different, because they, they, it's not unheard of for them to argue or have a heated mm-hmm. discussion about something, but Every single second is filled with a, a certain amount of hostility. And it's interesting, this episode, the script has like, it's one of those scripts where it was written by like six guys. <laughs> it was the episode they tried to cobble together at the last minute. If you read any of the oral histories of, of the show or any of the uh, interviews with a lot of those writers at that time, like Ronald D. Moore, Brandon Brogger, any, any of those guys, this was the episode that traumatized them because they couldn't crack it for the mm. longest time and they had to work over the christmas holiday and oh. yeah yeah but it, it turned out to be wonderful turned and in fine. the end uh 
They send the Enterprise C back to defend. It was like a Klingon outpost or At something. Narendra three. Yeah, and uh, just the act of them—they died there, yeah. but just the act of them, or so we thought. <laughs> the act of them dying in battle, obviously is a big thing to the Klingons, and right. that turned the tide, and we didn't, you know... We're at peace. We're at peace with them. There's and then one, we get Worf back. There's <laughs> one flaw in mm-hmm. that episode, and I've told you about this. Eventually, the Klingons attack both Enterprises, and there's a hail from the captain of one of the Klingon ships, and it's just some rando. Oh, oh, yeah. You, It absolutely should have been Worf in well, command of those bird, birds of prey. There's... I. I <laughs> don't understand why that why they didn't zero in on that idea. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so it looks like the next one will be season five, episode two, Darmok. Yep. Angelot. Atanagra. Atanagra. <laughs> the cinematic corollary there is uh, Arrival. Yes. I would say oh, yeah. uh, Arrival easily could have been a middle run Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Yeah. Trying to wrap your head around the way they communicate. There's mm-hmm. an alien race and it takes them the whole episode to figure it out. They speak in metaphor yeah. and and proper nouns. Mm-hmm. Um, the example they use in there is if you were to say Romeo or Juliet on her balcony. Yeah. Like, we as a culture may know what that reference is, right. but when you say Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra, like, Picard's like, I don't know what you're telling me. But he, he figures it out. He, yes. He, at least the basics of it. To he the he point and the he other can, captain are, yeah. are fighting an they enemy on a, pl- on a planet. Yeah. And it's they're they're triumphing and they're learning to communicate in the process. Played by Paul Winfield, played Captain Terrell in Star Trek II. Mm-hmm. And it has an unbroken, not an unbroken streak. He played other roles, but he is. He's like the general in uh, Mars Attacks. He's the general too? in Mars yeah. Attacks. Uh, and he's the cop in The Terminator. He, oh, yeah. he made a whole career <laughs> out of being the black guy who dies mm. in science fiction and, and horror to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just. <laughs> Paul Winfield's in a movie. Wait for it. He's going to die before the white people. Yep. But. He so he dies, and then the captain they get Captain McCarr back on the Enterprise, and he's able to speak mm-hmm. to this race in their language, and to a degree. somehow you know kind of communicate to them. They're like, "We I fought when your captain fell, but mm-hmm. we, we we understand each other now, or something." Yeah. And it's it's his just, arms wide. Yes, his arms wide. Um, so it's it's kind of a neat episode, and I I I, I appreciate it. It's good. It is good. It's not just space battle mix-em-ups. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, and it's not like time travel mind-bending stuff, which I'm not opposed to, but it's a mm. well they go back to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's an interesting dilemma, mm-hmm. and they have to work their way out of it. And that'll bring us to Season 5, Episode 18, Cause and Effect. It's the episode no. that when you watched it live on TV, you were like, what? Beyond that. <laughs> When it ke- keeps restarting, yeah, <laughs> I literally thought there was something either wrong with my TV <laughs> or something wrong with the the local affiliate who was transmitting it via UHF. It's the episode where the Enterprise D blows up, then you have credits, mm-hmm. and you don't know what happened, so you probably had a whole commercial break in there, and then you came back and they're acting like nothing happened, and you're like, what's wrong? this show and then it keeps blowing up and they keep going back and you're just like what's happening yeah no it's easily this one may be my top favorite episode of all time of the whole series seriously it might be okay i i would put it up there it's Mm. it's such a 
mind-bending experience. Like we said, the time travel thing. Kelsey Grammer is in Just it. Just randomly shows up yeah. near the end. Yeah. Because he was on Cheers on the lot. He was, he was available. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Dr. Crusher-centric. She's yes. ce- central to figuring out the whole whole mix-em-up. Mm-hmm. So it's always a good time when Dr. Crusher's uh, figuring stuff out. Yep. Yeah. It's a great one. It's really good. And then season five, episode 25, The Inner Light. Great one. This one's great. This one, a probe has probed Picard's mind and basically is making him live this whole life on another planet. So he has a wife and he has kids and he's living a whole life as someone else on a planet that's dying. It turns out this probe is just this civilization's way of saying, hey, We we existed. Tell yeah. people about us. Yeah. He learns to play the flute. He picks up a hobby. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. And it has reaching consequences. He, he refers to the flute. It's something that affects him. In the theme to the card, you have the hints of Resk and flute in there. Because yes. that is part of the tapestry of him. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, it's interesting. I think we talked about, back when we were doing the original format, about how I tend to like more ship-based episodes mm-hmm. and, like, an adventure on the sh- or the bridge uh, yeah, and that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. And there's very little on the bridge here. Yeah, no, there's, like, yeah. you're mostly in this This town. town and on, and, yeah. And on Catan. Yeah. Planet, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really great, and the the, the music is great, because the show kind of had bland music kind of all the way mm-hmm. through, but that... Cayman's theme for uh, like yeah. is is pretty pretty great. This this is Star Trek kind of elevated, mm-hmm. and Patrick Stewart's phenomenal, and I mm-hmm. he he did this so well. Mm-hmm. Um, his real life son is playing his uh, son, his, his son in the show yeah. in this, and yeah. yeah, it's just a it's a good episode. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I mentioned that that top five voted on at the time of the show going off the I air. I think this made like the top list. It did. It did. Everyone's. Like, it makes, yeah, it's yeah. usually the top list, but uh, the list as I remember it was number five was Relics with Scotty, which didn't make it to our list, but it's a fine oh, episode. Oh, I knew there was one I was forgetting. Uh, Relics is my number six. Yeah. <laughs> I think Inner Light was number four. Yesterday's I just Inter- thought it was number one on those lists. No. Hmm. Yeah, Yesterday's Enterprise was mm-hmm. number three. And then... Best of Both Worlds 1 and 2 were 2 and 1. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we have a different number one. Um, and so this is the final episode. All good things. All good things. Season 7, episode 25. Yeah. It's one of the greatest time travel stories ever told. And I know from whence I speak. He, he yeah. reads and consumes a lot of time travel material. Yeah. Yes. It's so influential to the larger swath of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost... A lot of its time jumping and, and that sort of thing was directly influenced by yeah. all good things. It's it's a an excellent bookend to yeah. Farpoint because yeah. you have it, it's the exact same thing. It's it's Q in the exact same outfit, yep. the exact in same the courtroom with yep. the the rabble, you know, the the crowd of people, and talking about humanity and what is humanity in the scope of the universe. Farpoint's not a great episode, but it is a good first bookend, and this is just a phenomenal, couldn't have asked for a better final episode of a show. It makes Encounter at Farpoint better. Yes, yes. Because it makes it mean something. Yes. Um, It also, I think, gives it a much, you know, you talk about how, I mean, we knew The Next Generation was going to go into movies, and All Good Things was not really a finale in the traditional sense where you Mm -hmm. have, like, those long... You know, wide shots of people in empty sets saying, well, 
Goodbye guess, yeah, to yeah, my. Yeah, yeah. It's not him looking longingly at his shit for 15 minutes. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that either. <laughs> it's not a finale for the, this crew, mm-hmm. but it is a thematic perfect circle for the mm-hmm. show. That the whole thing was the trial of humanity. But then again, the trial of humanity isn't over yet mm. and q says that because i think he's coming back and we're gonna <laughs> court's back in session season two motherfuckers <laughs> it's okay it's okay q needs to come back dr crusher needs to come back and it, it's it doesn't feel like an end because it, it kind of just puts things right at the end like mm-hmm. oh we're gonna go on and we'll yeah. the the captain's gonna go back to bed and tomorrow we're gonna have a new adventure okay. um so it's it's not it's not that kind of closure kind yeah. of ending but it's 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 just it's really good. You get your good character work. You finally answer the will they won't they question of Picard and Crusher. We, they get they, to kiss and we know they get married, but later divorced. divorced. But eh, that maybe that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. They've been in each other's heads. Oof. I don't know. Those two kids need to work. Stuff it out. obviously happened. <laughs> and there's still time. <laughs> it gives a lot of to do for the whole crew. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets their time in the sun. Yes. Uh, whereas the movies didn't. True. At all. Ronald D. Moore and Brandon Braga wrote it, and they wrote Generations in First Contact. Mm-hmm. They go on the record, I think it's in the Generations commentary, saying, yeah, All Good Things was better. Because <laughs> they kind of lost the thread of the nexus and the, how the time travel works mm-hmm. in that one. We talk about yesterday's Enterprise. I think yesterday's Enterprise would have been a stronger framework for that movie of original crew meets next generation crew uh-huh. the ship comes out of that rift and it's the enterprise a and it's uh, yeah it, yeah that, that thing mm. that they i think they wasted that opportunity too early mm. but we get to say goodbye to all of our friends mm. in the most loving way possible yeah yep. we see him flash forward 25 years in the future or last year if you're mm-hmm. counting and uh the sky's the limit the sky's the limit you okay i'm okay okay that's a good place to end <sighs> Yes. Uh, the Next Generation. It's good. Watch it all, but understand yeah. you're not going to like it for a year or two. And that's okay, because the show binges well. Yes. So if you want to plug through and watch yeah. four or five episodes at a time, yeah. you can do that. It binges better than Voyager. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so if you want to plow through the first and second season, great. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, yeah. you're just in for... It just gets better. Just, just, mm-hmm. just do it. Next time, uh, we will talk a little bit continuing our medical emergency we're going to jump forward and somehow middle in time (laughs) and we're going to discuss lower decks by the time you're listening to this you've seen some of lower decks you have opinions of it we haven't watched any of it yet as we're recording this in fact the premiere will be a couple days from now we can't watch it yet (laughs) but when they're listening to this people have yeah we'll fix that soon we will do sort of a mid-season check-in and then i think if engineering's report uh, is correct, we may have a way to modify the main deflector and bring Z and Eris back. Ooh. Uh, or realize that we were the ones that needed to be brought back. Will it involve tachyon particles? Everything's tachyons. And a field converter, inverter? <laughs> yeah, phase inducers. Okay, phase inducers, always yeah. very important. Yeah. Got to tweak those. The inverse tachyon pulse will come in. Three different directions. Yes. To create an anti-time. Anti-time! Which, which these episodes were. They were going backwards <gasps> through time. We were in anti-time. Oh my gosh. Okay, bye. Okay, bye!